You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Listening to Live from the Table on Raw Dog Sirius XM 99. <laughs> this is Dan Natterman. Gnome is uh, Gnome is out of town. I believe he's on vacation. Is that right, Perio? He is on vacation. I think he's someplace warm. Yeah, we're not sure where. But if I know Gnome, he'll come back no tanner than when he left us. <laughs> My guess is that he's under an umbrella somewhere, uh, avoiding the sun assiduously. We have. With us today, Lori Siegel, an old comedy, an old friend of the Comedy Cellars. Hello, Lori. Hi, thanks for having me. Lori is an up-and-coming, award-winning... Well, that's sort of a contradiction. I guess if she's award-winning, she's not up-and-coming. She's already gotten there. But she's an award-winning journalist, <laughs> CNN uh, tech uh, correspondent, and has now moved on to found her own company, dot, 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 a media company exploring technology through the human lens... Uh, before we get into that, however, I do just want to, uh, I have some housekeeping to do with regard to the comedy cellar. Apparently they fired the chef. Did you introduce me? And Periel's here. Apparently they fired the chef. They know who you are. You're a regular. Does, does Howard Stern introduce Robin Quivers every time? I mean, you introduced yourself. You should introduce me. <laughs> what How do you long think? was he here for? <clears throat> he was here for a few months, I guess. I don't know. He, 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 he. Uh, I thought it was decent. We got some new dishes, some specials. But you said so that you'd only <laughs> tasted one, one of the things that... No, I, I, I tasted many things. What I particularly enjoyed was his Papa del Ragu and his um, uh, 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 fried chicken. Yeah. I mean, I tasted a few things, too, that I thought were very good, but I think we were in the minority. No, I don't <laughs> think we're I. in the minority, but Noam is a decision maker. And he didn't feel it was up to par. I don't know what he's looking for. I don't think he's ever going to find what he's looking for. I think he's going to have, my guess is, whoever he hires, he's not going to be happy with. Because I think that's, that's sort of his M.O. But anyway. Um, so chefs out there, come to the yeah, comedy how cellar. Hard to, yeah. How hard could it be to find a chef? I, I was in Aruba. As you know, I go to Aruba from time to time to perform. Aruba's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the ocean. There were great restaurants all over the place. <laughs> they managed to find chefs that they're happy with. Noam cannot find a chef in the middle of New York City. Been Why for, has he been looking for like a long Like a year he's been looking, trying out different chefs. I, I don't know, but I know he's been trying out several chefs. Okay. At some point, you got to say, maybe the problem is internal. People were <laughs> saying things were very salty. Then, te- then say to the chef, say, you know, instead of being adversarial and saying, hey, he's fucking salty, you idiot, say, I don't think they were saying that, but say, hey... You know, I think you got something here. I'll tell you what, a little less salt. Chefs don't like to hear that shit. I hope the chef's not listening. I feel so bad. Well, I enjoyed his work. <laughs> I th- yeah, I thought it was great, too. I didn't even know that he was no longer working here. <laughs> uh, for us, it's difficult, Lori, because as you know, you're a longtime seller. Uh, True. Not, not just that you're a tech journalist. That's, that's not the only reason we invited you on. You're a longtime comedy seller fan. Right? I mean, you used to come here as an NYU student, is that right? Yeah, I remember, I mean, I don't really want to age myself, but let's just say over a decade ago, more, much longer than a decade ago, (laughs) 
I used to come here like with my laptop and I'm not even here I would like walk by because I wanted to be a journalist this is before I even started at CNN and made my way up to being our on-air correspondent I would just go to there was a place right here called Cafe Esperanto um, I think I remember you that. remember that? And I think it was on the corner of Bleecker and McDougal. Yeah. And I would like go by to to write and people would just make fun of me outside. I think that was just like standard protocol. Like it was just a bunch of you guys just like making fun of me. I don't I don't know. They were hitting know. on you, I'm that, sure. So so I'm older now and understand that, but at the time I was like, ah, that's so interesting. But I came I came and I would just see uh, I would just come see sets and it was like the most magical thing to see uh, different to watch the art of comedy. Uh, and and it stuck, and so I just kept coming here. Uh, has the magic worn off at all? You know, it really has not. I feel like I it was like a rite of passage. I would bring like parents. It has, it has for us. I would bring parents, <laughs> boyfriends. I would bring everyone here. It was like the rite of passage, you know, to to come here. And then like you know, the lines got lost. It's hard to even. You can't even like get in here anymore. I mean, I anyway. I mean, not to. I'm so happy to be here. You it's know, true, though. Table. It's true. It's really cool. I don't think the magic has worn off. No, it's amazing. No, if anything, everyone else discovered that. Ma- I, well, everyone always knew the magic, but I think like yeah, the magic. It's no, be- I'm saying for me, it's worn off. Well, for you, <laughs> it, like what? Like 25 years ago? Well, because when I started, it was like. How old were you when you started? How well, long when ago? When I first did- started coming here, I was about 24. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a bit of a cold. Uh, I, I guess I was 24. As I was telling Periel, I've been uh, eating right, exercising, and I've never felt worse. But um, <laughs> I came here, I was young and full of, uh, completely convinced I was going to become a great big star. Well, you are a great big star. Yeah. Fun. I watch, well, I watch your stuff. Like well, uh, artistically I've grown, but the, the career is not what I was hoping that it would have been. Uh, but I don't want to get bogged down in that. Let's talk about <laughs> Lori Siegel's, and I found out about this because my, my friend Brian Steinberg writes for Variety magazine. He's like, uh, he's a writer there, whatever. And uh, he he <laughs> covered Lori Siegel, so I saw it on his Twitter feed. Do you, do you uh-huh. know Brian, or you just talk? Uh, well, he covered my um, he covered my exit from CNN, um, which he which happened. I did a documentary on Facebook uh, last year at this time, um, which was a, a show that aired um, on kind of it was Facebook's 15 year anniversary. So I interviewed Zuckerberg and a bunch of different folks. Um, and spent a lot of time, I would say, inside of Facebook um, during some of the more problematic moments. Um, and so that was airing right at the time I decided to leave CNN to uh, launch this company. So he kind of covered both in one article. Uh, and so he's kind of covered my career move. So he covered... That's so interesting. Yeah. He's on the Lori Siegel beat. What yeah. was the problematic things that were going on at Facebook? Oh, uh, wow. I there mean, have been so many. Yeah, there have been a lot. Um, you know, I'd like... <laughs> How do I say this politely? I'd like to say a, a child of divorce. I feel like I can walk into chaotic moments pretty pretty well. Um, I I interviewed Zuckerberg during uh, Cambridge Analytica. Like if you remember oh, wow. that TV yeah, interview course. he did, where he said, um, "I'm sorry." That was that was me sitting down with him um, and him saying, I, "I'm sorry." And I I remember that was a, a very uh, big moment for Facebook just because I think everybody was pissed off like it wasn't that was the time when I I've been covering tech for a long time but I think it was the moment for me that tech went mainstream like everyone cared about that so I would say that was kind of the moment um, and then there were many more problematic moments about as this company well, too I do want to get, get to Facebook later but I yeah I, I just want to um, just get into this new company uh, sure. dot 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 what exactly is it 
Uh, sure. So we are doing podcasts and docu-series and films and all sorts of stuff. And I, and I think for me, I'd covered tech for 10 years. So uh, as long as I've been coming to the Comedy Cellar. Uh, and in the time I started covering tech, I mean, I when I started out, I was interviewing people like the founders of Instagram uh, and Uber when it was just like literally they were like a handful of people. Um, I would just throw them on camera. I used to joke that I was kind of um, like the pot of television interviews. And then I was like, oh, we should put them on. They're like, I was like your gateway into television if you had never That's been on so TV funny. before. And it just so happened that my beat exploded. Like I had gotten really interested in tech um, back in, I would say, like 2009. Did, did you, when you first, so you, you uh, interviewed the Instagram guys before Instagram was a big deal? Yeah, I would say like right when it was, I, I right when it was started, right when it was, it was a big deal in the tech world, and it was before people were paying attention to were tech. Were you the did only you, girl you? around there? Sorry, I was the only. I mean, so you were like the only. There was girl, no, right? there is no bathroom line at yeah. tech conferences for yeah. women. It's the only time. Like I think the gender ratio is horrific, but the only time I can get behind. I mean, no, I, I will never get behind it. The only time it's like kind of okay is at the, the tech conferences where there's well, no, it, it, there's never a line. Where, but We're, yes, always the, the only woman in the room in, in many situations right. for the last decade. I don't want to get into that. We're Noam here. We'd go down uh, a rabbit hole about that. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting, yeah. well, isn't but, it? Well, <laughs> except that we have uh, other things to get to. Um, I was wondering if Lori, uh, upon hearing Instagram, thought this thing would ever go anywhere. Yeah, look, because I, I, I did. remember thinking, what the, what the fuck is this? I did. I, I think for me, um, it was always kind of so. So this is this will get into what I'm doing with dot dot dot. But it was always kind of seeing what was coming next, right? Like, um, you know, I was because I, I was in this little group in, in New York um, where people were talking about technology and um, and where people were talking about what was coming next. I, and I was kind of putting these people on before people were paying attention and before, honestly, we were all wondering about the implications of like tech on our brains and our democracy and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was doing a lot of docu-series and stuff that was, I would say that like the national conversation would happen like a year later. So we did like a docu-series on like revenge porn. And then we'd started having a conversation on revenge porn a year later, or the hacker community. I did a lot on that. Um, and same with like the founders of Instagram. So a lot of these tech companies like talking about them before people were paying attention. Did the, did the founders of Instagram know why this would be why this would work? Did they anticipate that this would be a great way for women to <coughs> show their bodies and get compliments? Because that's really, I think, what um, seventy percent of it is. I don't think that that's exactly what they thought. I think actually, did you know that Instagram wasn't Instagram? Instagram was a, a check-in app called Bourbon, uh, and where people were like checking in on their phones, and um, they just noticed that people were using photos, and so they completely pivoted their whole company. They didn't have like a ton of money in the bank, and they completely pivoted their whole company to be a completely different company because they noticed people were just using it for photos. I don't think they, I think the big takeaway is no one in tech knew what tech was going to become, which gets me to dot, 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 which was my whole thing was, I think that we've got to start covering tech in a very different way and look at issues like mental health and love and sex um, and talk about all of these issues that I don't actually think a lot of the dudes in Silicon Valley and a lot of the same types of folks were thinking about when they created uh, these companies. And so that's what a lot of our content focuses well, what on. What about love and sex and tech? What, what, what about it? What, yeah, what about love? Well, I mean, because so, you hear tech, I mean, other than the fact that a lot of tech is about getting laid, in fact, probably most of it is. I mean, arguably everything is. So my whole thing I is mean, like... Why do you think I'm doing comedy? <laughs> we could dig into that. Um, but I would say, I think like the, 
you know, the interesting stuff when I when I'm looking at the tech coverage, right, and I'm looking at how we cover technology, it's a lot of people talking about Russia and the election and Trump and power, and it's a lot of dudes. Truthfully, it's like a lot of people that like came in like maybe two or three years ago to start covering this. And I look at um, how it impacts us. I look at how it makes us feel. I look at how you're talking about how tech is like the only way to get laid now. Like well, how I didn't say it was the only way to get laid. Okay, so but when you're shy and way. awkward. Sure. And how much it impacts. And you can't talk to people and look right. people in the eye like myself. Okay, so tech let's. Is, helpful. So is let's, that how you would describe yourself? Is that how you describe yourself on the dating apps? Shy, awkward, can't look you in the eye. No, but I think if I did, people might find it interesting, you know, that I, I went. That I was that honest. But, well, anyway. but by the way, I think I actually think there's something to that. Um, and I think that we don't actually have these really honest conversations about how, how much it, it actually impacts us on a, on a fundamental human level. We're all sitting here screaming over one thing and like, how do we facilitate these conversations? And also, how do I take the conversations about what's coming next? So, for example, and what I'm hearing in Silicon Valley. So going off of that, let's like go down that rabbit hole. Um, I was in Silicon Valley and heard an engineer talking about something he was building, which means it's coming down the pipeline, right? Um, and they're doing uh, building bots to date on the dating apps. So this idea that people who are on the dating apps and like I don't know if you're on the dating apps, but like I've been on the dating apps and people. I was. Just, I've like, been on Tinder. So with people, marginal success. Like people just like stop. Okay, okay, that's good. So Defi- wait, wait. What define marginal success? <laughs> Well, my Tinder uh, overall scorecard is yeah. uh, is two <laughs> two sexual encounters. Okay, and one oh, girl wow. that sent me nude pictures for money on Venmo. Wait, no, no. I, wait, by the way, that's super interesting. We were talking about that at my office. My like a colleague Who may mine, or may not have been on this podcast. No, yeah, she my, was not on the podcast. So I hear this is happening a lot. Like, so she's just a the, girl. We match, and she's like, "Hey, you want to buy some pictures?" How much? Do you think they were really of her? Oh, I mean, I actually it was this of her is, because I told her what to send how do you, me. How, but how do you know it wasn't like something? Else? I mean, I want to dig into well, this because I, I, I ordered it special, custom made. How do you know it wasn't any just any nipple or something? No, I said I want you in this position doing this with that. It'd be a, you know, hold uh, up today's newspaper. Hold up today's mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, okay, <laughs> not the, quite that. How, mu- how much were they? How much were the pictures? <laughs> Depending on the content, I don't want to get too into it. No, just it. give me like. No, I, I think what do you think she's listening? Anywhere from fifty right. to a hundred dollars. Uh, Whoa, yeah. were they worth it? Is is it ever worth? I it don't know. After? I mean, is I it ever worth it afterwards? After? Sure, maybe. For sure. Sh- I mean, of course, it, it's worth it beforehand, and then afterwards, it's like oh. Well, that was stupid. <laughs> how often does this happen? This but is a story I'm interested in. Yeah, how okay. often does it happen? Because I feel like this is happening a lot more in the dating Well, a lot, another, another, um, yeah, there's a lot of prostitution and a lot of pictures. Yeah. One girl said she would clean my apartment naked. Wow. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, which I didn't take her up on it. Though I, I guess That's I could on use. Tinder. That was on t- okay. Tinder. is sort of. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tinder is what Tinder is. I mean, what it's, is it's, Tinder? It's, it's I'm so out of the game. Yeah, Tinder is considered the more. Like, um, bargain basement. Well, really? It's, it's or, or, or more sketchy. Well, more Tinder sketchy. was like the original dating app for like, in, where you could that showed like swiping and this and that. And then there were all these other ones that were kind of built off the same idea of Tinder. Right. There's Hinge and and Bumble. Bumble and Raya, which is like I don't for, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get invited to Raya. You get invited. To I've Raya. never been on a dating app. Yeah. You got to give Tinder credit. They did, as far as I know, invent the concept of swiping. Yes. So Sean Rad, who's the founder of Tinder, the, that was like his whole like his whole thing was like he was also socially awkward. I didn't mean to look at you and say socially awkward, but you said socially awkward. So that's why I said that. That's my um, thing, babe. Yeah. 
that's my hook. <laughs> that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And so that's why he created Tinder. But so the next iteration, let's go down the rabbit hole. The next iteration of that. Um, so people, the problem with dating apps, um, you haven't been on them. Never. So your mental health is probably good. No, um, it's terrible. You know, uh, well, as someone who's no, been on them, okay. I turn into like a bit of a bot. Like, I think I'm genuine, like a pretty nice person. But when you're on these and there's just people talking, you just like kind of become like a little bit of a robot. I don't really, I mean, it's easy for me to say that I don't really believe that that's the only way to meet people. No, I don't think like, so. Like, it seems, I'm... It start like I was still single when they started, right. but I'm way too paranoid. Mm. Like I could never date somebody like that because I would be certain that they were going to murder me. <laughs> like there's no way I could meet somebody online and be like, sure, like yeah. let's. I like immediately am I so I started. Doing well, which this. one are you on? Tinder's not for you. No. You're like a bumble girl. No. What's well, the so difference? I like are you on Raya? Because you got now you're like a well, big, big deal. Well, I don't like Raya. So I, I, I'm. Imagine the kind of guys who are on Raya. Yeah, okay, so you, like, I'll tell you the guys who are on Raya. Fucking break. Let me just paint the picture of the guys Please who are on Raya. Please go ahead. And then I don't want to let this go off the rails anymore. This is super upsetting. This is on the rails. So These the guys are the that rails. are on Raya are like the like DJ. Like totally. I have like. X mini follower DJ that and I then, bought like, that I probably bought and like and it's I mean I think I I, I deleted I I probably I'm like have. I'm in like show business yeah like or you might see me like spinning somewhere oh, there's like, there's real yeah. people but there's and, actual and I'm sure the women are like I'm a model and eat pizza you know it's like it's like I'm fun and cool too but I know, know people that have met genuine celebrities on Raya oh like legitimate way, celebrities I, so actually you know who's on there he frequents here all the time John Mayer I see I've seen John on there who else have I seen also a lot of tech guys by the way the worst. Um, I don't even get started. The just like tech guys are on there, who um, have wives, but they're on there just for friends. I swear to God, oh, if my, for the love if of my future God. husband, let me just state this right now, and I hope this doesn't get picked up. But I'll be like, it's like ever, and come back to haunt me. But like, if my future husband Definitely is on will. Raya, which is like full of like uh-huh. models and like eating pizza to try to be approachable, like if my future husband is on Raya just for friends, I probably wouldn't be okay with it. But. I don't know. Ridiculous. Well, who, who, I don't think they're really just looking for friends, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so so to Can get I, back to the We'll the get story. back to the bots. Wait, I want to okay. hear more about dot, 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 but I do want to tell you something. Uh-huh. My, one of my best friend's husbands was, um, I like to say that he created Gmail, but he was technically on the mm. team who created Gmail. Um, mm. And now they're... Yeah. That's really the, interesting. They're really interesting. Doing. Yeah, they're doing okay. They, yeah. they, they're doing okay. Um, I bet. Well, so, so, so anyway. Um, so, but so, so what, I, what I always find really interesting is the stuff that everyone thinks is crazy. Um, and, like, back in the day when I started covering Uber, everyone was like, this is insane. No one's going to get into a stranger's car. And, like, the next thing you know, like, who's calling Uber crazy now, right? Um, and I love ideas that, and misfits, right? And things that people think are insane. Um, I've just always, maybe, you guys are great, but maybe that's kind of why I like the comedy seller, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Like, it's like the somebody, let the yeah. mental patients, it's just it, like, well, I always, I I've always liked people who say things and do things a little bit different. And, and I think that was always the spirit of technology. It's changed a lot in the time I've, I've started covering it because they became the man to a degree, right? And the power brokers. But I've always been really interested in the edge cases and what people 
should be talking about that they're not. And so while everyone's running over here talking about, which I think is important to talk about, and I've interviewed Zuckerberg many times and a lot of these CEOs, um, so they're talking about Russia and the election and democracy, and I think we've got to talk about these things. Um, what's in the corners that we're not talking about yet? And there's so many incredible, what I call them, corner stories. One of them is bots and dating, and, and we can make jokes about this, but in Silicon Valley, they're coding bots to, to date. So there's the so we've heard bots in, in a very um, corporate way, right? Like when you're trying to when your food doesn't get there in time, and you're talking to the bot or something, and you're like, "Where's my food?" And it's like, "I'll be right with you." But now, like we're seeing this happen, we're seeing bots turn a consumer in a, in a really interesting way. So engineers are creating bots to go on the dating apps and start the conversations and, you know, actually set up the date. Uh, and you wouldn't know it's a bot doing that. This sounds like the Twilight Zone. Wait, but then when you it go on the happening. date, what happens? So I had, um, so uh, this engineer who was, he was nervous to talk about it. And he spoke about it with me for the first time. He, he does, I mean, he worked with Facebook on some of, uh, some of their bot technologies. A really uh, interesting guy. And he hasn't put the technology out there, but he, uh, he created something called Keyboard, which goes on your phone. And it has like pre-programmed responses uh, that go to the, the dating app. So, you know, if it, if it has a, f a photo of a woman on a hike, it'll say, that's beautiful. Where is that? So he had, he was doing this and, and his whole thing was, you know what, it just gets me off the app. And so he installed it. I, my whole thing is like, let's not judge. Let's just try it before we judge. And as a woman and someone on these dating apps, I was like, this is, my first instinct was to say, this is pretty bad. Um, you know, people already have become bots to a degree. Like, why are we doing this? Um, and so he installed it on my phone. Um, probably Wait, so in other words, it talks to the people yeah. that you don't have to talk to them. Right. It starts It just makes a small yeah, talk this, for and you. It's just, this is not a very smart bot. Like, there are certain levels. But this is to show you the technology will go there. And I tried it once. Um, and my bot, the bot was, like, so stupid. I mean, it was saying stupid things, but it immediately set up a date with a guy in, like, five seconds. I felt really bad about it, so I disclosed it to him, um, which like things, uh, it was super weird. He, I mean, obviously I think it's probably weird if a girl says that to you on a dating app. He was very upset. I learned pretty quickly about his anger um, and some of the, and I think through the hardships we would not have lasted given his anger issues. Um, and so, but it was interesting to see this visceral reaction to this type of technology. And so, well, it gets, what did you say to him? You said that you didn't actually pick I him. I said, hey, no, no, no. I said, I said, hey. Was this in person or was this? This was, no, no, no. I didn't meet him in person. We didn't get that far because once I told him that the conversation has been, had been pre-programmed uh, and I said, I want to really apologize. Like, I, I got to tell you I'm working on this thing, um, you know, and and it was a bot and all that kind of stuff. He got super upset and he was like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're insane, which I mean, by the way, that's that's kind of fair. Um, you know, we and, and so that was that. But the technology is out there and a lot of people are developing this type of thing. And so that if you think about in the future um, with artificial intelligence, you could have AI that lives in your phone and says, okay, you're this way and I know you, I'm this way. It could see if we'd be compatible and it could But that have is like a Black Mirror episode. Our, I mean, I live, my, my life is like living out a real Black Mirror episode, I think, and, and looking at what the future is. And so it could see if we'd be compatible and if we would actually should go on the date, our AI would decide. And that's kind of, you know, let's look down the future and talk about the ethics of that and participate in those conversations because that's kind of what's being coded um, in the corners. And I've always thought that's the kind of stuff that's very interesting. So that's that's just one of the stories that we've done that we work on 
Um, and well, you can yeah. hear you. We're, we're bringing in a couple other people now, but um, it, we can. You can go and and hear these sorts of stories. Uh, where exactly, Laura? Um, I have a podcast uh, oh. called First Contact, um, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to our site dot uh, dot dot media dot com, or follow me at Lori Siegel. Yeah. We have uh, some interesting guests with us today. First of all, Danny Cohen, who has been on the podcast before. But not know? for a while. Not for a while. Um, Hi. Do you know Lori Siegel? She's a longtime Hi. comedy seller fan and tech reporter. You? Hi, Lori. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice D- to meet Danny you. Danny is a non-practicing homosexual. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm non-practicing. Oh. It started and then it's just if for it's religious been 12 reasons, years now. You, you didn't want to do it because it's, it's against uh, Torah? Yeah, it just doesn't work for my lifestyle. Hmm. Okay. Um, not interested in it. No, okay. Anyway, w- but oh. th- that's not the focus of, of our show today. <laughs> Although I find it, it endlessly I mean, fascinating. We can jump though. back into it if you want later. We can get into yeah. it. No, because originally yeah. you had told me you wanted to be an Orthodox Jew, and since homosexuality and that, is, is outlawed in that right. that's environment. Right, that's how it started. And yeah. now you just, but now you're no longer Orthodox, but you still have decided. No, because part of that was, then I got really fat on purpose, because I wanted, I was like, how am I going to stay away from sex? So I said, let me just eat food. And then I gained like 60 pounds. And I, I kept that weight on. And I, I felt very non-sexual for many years. And then I lost the weight recently. But by then, it was too late. Anyway, so now I feel totally non-sexual. So you, you I kind think you of, look great. You I mean, adjusted. you look great. Yeah, you, you, adjusted, you adjusted kind of like not eating carbs. You sure. adjusted, you adjusted. To no, no, right. no sex. Yeah. Danny brought with us somebody that he thought would be interesting, and I think I'm um, hopeful he will be. It sounds interesting. Oliver Pollock, 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 is from Papenburg in northern Germany, and he's the only German, Jewish German comedian on the planet, apparently. Not, you know, um, like an actual Jew that lives in Germany. That's a comedian. You're actually German, like German uh, yeah, German. Yeah, he's not like a German Jew like um, the Salzburger family. His father died in 2015 after surviving the Holocaust, and his mother is from St. Petersburg, Russia. And your father was from Germany? Yeah, yeah. He, he was uh, from Germany, and uh, when he was uh, 13, he uh, yeah had to go seven years to different uh, concentration camps, and he survived. He was freed by the Russians. Then uh, And then he stayed in Germany. He wanted to go to America with his sister, who also survived. Everyone else died, but... Um, they wouldn't let him in. He had typhus. Mm-hmm. Typhus? Typhus? I uh, think it's typhus. That's typhus. how we pronounce okay. it. Sorry, my English is not so so good yet. And uh, yeah, so they would, the Americans wouldn't let him in. So he stayed in Germany. And uh, really late, he be, became father when he was 50. And so, yeah, I, I grew up with a dad. Uh, well, that sounds crazy. We have several comedians that have become fathers in their 50s. Uh, and Noam Dorman, our host, became a father when he was, I think, for the first time at, at 50 and his last kid he had in his 50s. So, so my father was more like a, a, a grandpa for me than a father. Uh, you know what uh, was interesting to me? That your father went from Auschwitz. Did he get out of Auschwitz? No, Auschwitz not, but uh, Stutthof, Kaiserwald, Riga. Right. So when he got he out, he ones went... No one's ever heard he did of the tour. Go, All the smaller ones, maybe, or whatever. He, so he goes back home, right? Yeah. So I don't. Were there other Nazis still living around his neighborhood? Neighbors, Nazis? 
Yeah, obviously. I mean, he. I ask him the same questions. Obviously, all these uh, all these people who were living there, they waved they to him, welcome back. Hey, they, you look great. They like didn't what? wave like I mean, they used to wave, <laughs> but in a different way. Yeah. But but obviously, all the he explained to me all the people were still there. You know, they were. You, what shall you do? You can't kill them all. I mean, maybe not a good bad idea, but. So these, yeah, he lived with all these people there who watched when he, him when he got deported. And yeah. you and you Which were raised up. with their children. So you were raised with surrounding with Nazis, the children of Nazis. Yeah, and that's, that's why I'm up. here in New York now because I'm I'm pretty tired of uh, Germany. I've been working there for a long time. And but there's actually a lot of Jews that still live in Germany, I guess, and or or that even have moved there. Yeah, but now it's changing again because there is a lot of anti-Semitism, uh, especially also Arabic anti-Semitism. Mm. You have attacks. I live in Berlin, and you have attacks like every week. You people get well, beaten up and stuff. I will be in stuff. Berlin in May, yeah. performing with Louis, C- with Louis C.K. Yeah, I know. Twentieth of May. Oh, is um, that when he's coming? Yeah, I- I'm going to be there. I'm opening for for Louis. Adelore, I don't know yeah. if that's, that's you know that's a, that's Madison like the size of Madison Square Garden where he plays in Berlin. Oh, is it? It's a Mercedes Benz Arena. You didn't oh. know that? I didn't know he was performing at the that's, Mercedes. That's I nice. thought we were going to the uh, the the Volkswagen Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, um, I don't know what Lori thinks about me opening for Louis. I don't know if she's holding it against me or not. But why? That's a good because thing. because Louis is a controversial figure. Yeah, but it's my opinion is that it's bullshit because. Well, I, I don't want to get we get into okay, Louis sorry. a lot, but but. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I guess I mean I'm I'm more interested in how you guys feel. I more how how everyone here feels about it. About how what? Do you, I, I mean I, I guess. Well, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, ahead. yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to get into it. I I guess I'm more curious to see. I I thought it kind of came at an interesting time where people were talking about saying things and not saying things. I think about that in the tech community. Everyone in the tech community, uh, in Silicon Valley, is like, um, they're has been like a huge I would say like culture war playing out where people feel like no one can say anything anymore and it's and people are very bitter about it and this and that and I'm kind of like to a degree I think some of this is like I have no patience for it and then I think some of it is like okay I understand there's certain frustration so I I, I'm just curious it's like a totally different narrative and this and that and there's a lot of the women stuff so I probably have very different opinions than you on, on many of these things anyway well, uh, you know, I, I, me and Noam, we talk about Louis a lot here, and um, we're both, you know, not willing to serve as judge, jury, and executioner, and, mm. you know, without all the facts, and in any case, um, you know, I want to go to Europe. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but maybe it's interesting for you, maybe you don't know that perspective. I saw him last year in Milan, in Italy, yeah. where he played, and... And um, I think it's a different view from Europe than maybe here in America. And I think personally, obviously, it was creepy what he did. But we all have a creepy side. But at the end of the day, he didn't touch anyone. He didn't really harm anyone. He apologized for it. I mean, and he's a comedian and I think he should perform. And people can decide whether they want to see him or not want to see him. I mean, that's my opinion. Hmm. Well, that's... That's more That's or less. Without, again, you know, we we talk, we've we've gone we've deep do- we've deep dove into that topic a few times on this show, but. But um, that's roughly our opinion. Uh, <laughs> um, you know. Um, anyhow, so your your act talks about German history and more more uh, more to the point, the Holocaust. Mm, well, I just started doing stand up ten years ago. 
And before I was hosting the Disney Club in Germany and doing stupid things which I really hated. And then I decided I wanted to stand up, but I didn't know what to talk about. And then a friend of mine, because I liked a bit of American stand-up, because German comedy is really horrible. And uh, so I liked Sarah Silverman, uh, Ricky Gervais, I know he's British. So I thought of using my uh, biography as a basis for my comedy, like all the comedians like Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin have done it. I don't do that, by the way. Okay. My stuff is all shtick. Yeah? You know, like yeah. David Tell. Okay. Like, like, like David Tell doesn't talk about his bio biography. Yeah. I, for me, it's... I, I changed... That's why, why I started. It went somewhere else then also. Yeah, but that's... I decided to start like that. And, yeah. It happened to be that I was the only German-Jewish uh, stand-up comedian then uh, since... Uh, Uh, yeah, Second World War, and and uh, obviously I talked about when you talk about your biography, you talk about your mother, your father, growing up Germany, Nazis, and yeah, that's how it started. But it, but uh, my mind actually uh, got opened here, because I here just, in the United States. No, no, here in, in the, the comedy cellar, which is also weird for me sitting here right now, to be honest, because here I understood what comedy is when I uh, saw shows in the cellar. For, for me, the most important comedians for my thinking and development in my uh, were comedy seller comedians was Nick Griffin, uh, Godfrey, and David Tell. And these three, especially also Nick Griffin, yeah, uh, showing me the awareness that you can also use like really bad feelings, like depressions, and all this bring into comedy and also. Uh, Yeah, talk about that and use that. So you're able, but you're able to talk about uh, Nazis in front of a German audience. I, I we get a lot of Germans here at the Comedy Cellar, um, for some reason. We we get a lot of foreign people here, and I oftentimes will ask, "So who here is from Europe?" Because I have a couple jokes in that area, mm -hmm. and people will. Off, we get Sweden. We get um, who else do we get here a lot? We get France, mm -hmm. and we get a lot of German people. And I, I some comedians will be like. They'll make a reference to it, but I, generally speaking, do not touch that era of history. Why not? Well, I just feel like it'll put everybody, it's like, you know. It's a tough one. It, I feel it'll put everybody in a weird place, yeah. and it's not their fault. You know, I don't want to go after them right. because they're, they, they weren't there, unless it's some 95-year-old guy, then maybe he was there. But if it's no, just somebody no, no. in their but 30s. But there are more... Uh, 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 opportunities like then uh, uh, going after someone, like for example, not going after them, but just to bring up such a topic. I just feel like it might make them feel bad. It's it will probably get a laugh. But yeah, but I mean, like Godfrey I, talks I about, talk about racism. Godfrey talks about racism in front of a white uh, 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 audience. I mean, well, that's ra almost the same. Yeah, um, well, in a way. Maybe so, but I because racism is still ever present in America. It's still something that affects him. Whereas this is history. No, so it's not. That's what I wanted to explain to you. Okay. It's, uh, uh, well, it's but I don't live it. You live. Okay. It. Yeah. That's maybe. Um, in Germany, you have a really big right-wing uh, movement since five years, like really hard, and they parts of them deny things from the Holocaust, and uh, and. Uh, You have like uh, uh, Jewish people, uh, uh, people chasing them through the streets, like especially also many Arabic people. You've got this all, and it's getting really weird again. You know, in a country where they said never again. And uh, uh, is the right wing and the uh, 
Arabic people, are they in the same team or are they no, two No, they're two not different in the teams? same team. But it, it makes it even harder. Like. Right. So you're so the the Jew yeah. in Germany is yeah. battling uh, the the right wing yeah. uh, that's sort of uh, denying Holocaust and they're the sort yeah. of like bring back Nazism a little bit, but not yeah. really. And yeah. then you have uh, is that what is that what you're saying? And, and then, then you, you have, have the Arabic people who 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 um, Arabs. You, yeah. Arabs. Sorry. No, I, I mean I'll correct you if you want. I know yeah. people often will ask. That's actually a German thing to correct people, but you can do that. Yeah, you know, because like, <laughs> I know I have a lot of friends, like French friends, for example. They'll yeah. say, you correct me when I make a mistake because I want to improve, but I feel like, I kind of feel like a dick after a while well, correcting them. And then I just let them go on about their merry way and saying, uh, I want to take a coffee. You know, instead of have a coffee. They say, I want to take a coffee. And I get tired of saying, it's have a coffee, you idiot. So eventually I just let it slide and say, let's take a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> What's the feeling here? Like, is it more? Are you sensing more or less anti-Semitism? Have, have anything? Has anything changed over the last years in the time you've been doing what you're doing? Like, do you sense any any difference? You mean in Germany or no here? But in here in the in the states, I wonder if I I, I just I know that the political climate has changed a no, lot. I feel is in der Staaten. Hmm? Der Staaten. You call it the states der Staaten? In in Staaten, yeah. In Staaten. Like, do you no. sense anything? And I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you guys sense in the crowds. Like, if you got, because I don't stand up there. Like, you guys get a sense of like, I don't know, whatever in the in the crowds. Do you? I mean, I just started doing stand up in English since one yeah. year, and I, okay. I started performing in New York. I performed on the stand New York. See, I had to correct you again. It's not since one year. It's I've been doing it for a year. But again, I won't correct you if you, if you, if you don't want me to. <laughs> no, it's okay. But It's your podcast. No, no, I'm just saying you some decide. people like, because otherwise people will go their whole lives. They'll be saying, making the same errors. Do you like to be corrected? He's asking you. Do you like or do you not want to be corrected? I'm, I have He's problems taking decisions, so we shouldn't talk about that. You don't want to talk about Louis. I don't want to talk about decisions. You no, I, I'm happy to talk about Louis, but the pro problem is we've talked about it. At, yeah. If you want to hear more about Louis, you can go back to the archives I know, I and know, hear I all know, our Louis shit. Okay, I want to answer your question. We get about question. Louis all the time. Um, I feel, actually, I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm in Germany. I'm a stand-up comedian. I have TV shows, podcasts, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing well over there. But I'm here since some month, actually. Sorry, wrong, wrong. I'm here since I've some... Been, I've been here for a month. No, not for one month. For s uh, Okay, fuck it. I, I've been here the last month, now and then. <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. So this is not a podcast. It's like an English lesson, actually. Yeah? <laughs> okay. um, well, language is something that I find interesting because I've done comedy in French. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I, I'm very attuned to... Do you like to be corrected when you speak French? I do. You do? Yeah, I do like to be corrected. But most people don't do it because, again, they don't want to come off... My aim is not to, um, to learn English perfect. And also in my act, people said, yeah, you have to... I think I'm like how I am and I will be... I promise you, if I come back next year, I'll be. You won't have to correct me anymore. Give me some time. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> and and uh, no, what I wanted to say is, um, I feel much more comfortable here. I realized now, and you're asking how is it to perform into in front of a German audience. What happened at the beginning was when I said I was Jewish. I came on stage, made all these jokes. You first had to explain like that, the setup that. Jewish people get circumcised, otherwise you couldn't make a joke about mm -hmm. circumcision. So that was a bit annoying, you had to explain so much. And 
And what also happened was that people mixed it up, that it was comedy, but they didn't want it to be comedy because they, there was this Jewish guy coming up on stage making these jokes and the German said to me, no, you cannot make these jokes. They and I said, why? I'm talking about, why can't I make them? And it was really weird at parts and... They were scared, they were offended? They were offended, yeah, they were they offended. They didn't want to hear I it. I mean, that's... But, and, 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 but the weird thing is, I mean... Why, you know, offended? I mean, they should... I'm a comedian, yeah? And um, then my material also became much more controversial, like pedophilia, racism, and they were really confused. And then, yeah, I think I wasn't, like, in my... Um, what I talked about, uh, I wasn't political. I was a politicum, I don't know. I, like, a German Jew... Making stand-up comedy was the politic thing in a way. Uh, sorry, my um, English is not so good. Well, and yeah. and uh, and uh, and to answer your question, I've been like performing now uh, in some clubs here in, in New York, like Caroline's, The Stand, New York, and I opened up for Godfrey in the in the Village last year, and I feel much more comfortable doing stand-up here, and my act. I feel free. It's like like I'm suddenly someone is uh, yeah. cutting my chainsaw. Well, we or have a lot of. I mean, the, here at the Comedy Cellar in particular, we have a lot of comedians that are not native English speakers, but do comedy in English, like yeah. uh, Daniel Simonson, who is from Norway, and this guy, uh, this this Rafi somebody or Bastos, he's a Brazilian. No, yeah. And there was this guy Middleman. He was a German guy. I haven't seen him in a while. What's his name? You know, Eric Middleman, was that his name? Something like that. Uh, Michael, Michael Meyer. Meyer. Yeah, so he was here. But anyway, there's, there's, it, comedy's becoming more of a... And Louis, by the way, is, wants to do comedy in Spanish. At some point, he's trying to improve his Spanish. But for me, it's not the task to do it in a... La, la, right, la, la, like, there's a desire between yeah. uh, behind, like, maybe moving away from Germany and... Well, how do you feel about... I mean, Germany's a country where you were born and raised. <coughs> How do you feel about Germany? Do you have any no. patriotism toward it? No. None at all. Mm. I don't have any feelings towards Germany. Not necessarily negative, but not positive either. No, more more negative. More negative, okay. And uh, I wanted to answer something. Maybe the, the answer for your mm -hmm. question would be a quo quote from David Tell. Mm -hmm. uh, Wrong hole. No, no, no. He well, said... That's one of his quotes. Oliver, <laughs> <laughs> you're German, you're Jewish... And you're a comedian. Oliver, I tell you six million reasons why that can't work. <laughs> David Tell. Clever guy, David Tell. Um, <laughs> so so you're, you're, um, your next move is to move to the United States, is that? That is uh, the goal, like that I live here and I do just my TV stuff. I go over there to do that and then, yeah. Well, how is it legally? I know, Laura, you're, you're, a, you're an immigration uh, you're interested in immigration. Am I? I don't yeah, know, my mom's an immigration you? attorney. I'm, I'm certainly, because my mom's an immigration oh, attorney. For some reason, I'm, I thought there was an association. I'm the only non-immigrant in my family. I, my, I, yeah. All my siblings and my parents are all immigrants. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm the only wow. American. I mean, I'm very, I'm very, like, Everywhere. all about this Well, so, so, so do you, you know? need to fill any paperwork, or can you stay here maybe four months a year without <laughs> any paperwork? No, I'm not going to come... Illegally, uh, I try. I have no, but I'm saying I think you, you can call come my in. mom. No, I think yeah. I, I try to get a working visa because I have a podcast in Germany on Audible, <laughs> and it's a uh, it's Amazon Audible International. So mm -hmm. hopefully they can help me. 
Or you could come here, you know, for shorter periods of time. Or you could adopt me and teach me English. Well, I, I could, uh, I don't know if I'll adopt you, but uh, <laughs> probably too old to be adopted, but uh, I could certainly help you with your English. How old are you? I'm old. I'm 50. I'm uh, 43, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, <laughs> all right, anyway. Um, <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, can I ask Lori, you guys, Lori Siegel has can a question. Can I ask you guys a follow-up? I yeah, thought that was an interesting take where you're ta you're saying like you won't talk about like you're you're Well generally I won't. Talk about the Holocaust. Well I actually I think if there's that's, a German in the audience, like well, I feel like it's actually, gonna make everybody in a weird And we talk thing. about like I know in com I don't know like enough about the comedy world to to know I but it does feel like everybody has their own like ethical like I won't go here like Some people, like, nothing's off the table, but some people, like, I have my own, like... Well, so I'll, I'll relate this. Everything I do in my career, I relate to technology to some degree. So um, I was just... I was cutting down an interview I did today with a guy talking about ethics and war, and I asked him the question, like, artificial intelligence, you're building out technology, uh, will your AI kill or not kill, right? And every, like, tech person, like, is there technology you will not build, right? So I'm always kind of trying to push the thing. So as comedians, I guess I ask, like, um, is there, a like, a subject that you will not go, or do you have something that, like, you, for you is just no? Like, I, I, well, I, I'm saying I won't talk about the Holocaust in front of Germans, but I do have a couple of Hitler jokes. Um, but, like, there's but Hitler not, there, is Holocaust. There is like, so I know, but like I'm saying, no if, I, but if there's a German in the audience and I know he's there and everybody's kind of looking at him. Right, it's not about I, you and the German th audience then it member. Becomes but like it's personal. But it's comedy. I mean, we are comedians. The world out there is much rougher and harder than every joke could be. We are doing jokes. There's like no line like well, you just, won't crack. You know, it's think, just a I personal the, decision. Not, think, not because I judge others <laughs> yeah. that do it, but because I just choose not to do it. Because I make a decision that this isn't going to put the audience in the spirit that I would prefer. So, okay, so that, that's, that's interesting. But so yeah. that's something you don't like to do. Is there? How about? How about is there something that I won't I do? I mean, moral? I think you. I don't have any moral or ethical qualms I, I about making I, I jokes about I, anything. I think if it, it has to be funny. I, I mean, if, if you I can think make it, would it funny, if, like you're good. Yeah. If I think, if for some reason I thought it would incite hatred. Then right. I wouldn't do it. I, you know. That's uh, interesting, though. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. as long I, as it's about me, yeah. then okay. I don't mind talking about anything. Okay, but so I it don't has want to be talk directed. about other people. Okay, right. That's I would never talk about. I'm not interested yeah. in other people. Like, I, I wouldn't talk about a fat girl. I have nothing to do okay. with a fat girl, so I wouldn't want to talk about fat girls on stage. Yeah. Um, a fat guy, I can talk about because I'm a fat guy. I used mm. to be fatter. No, you're not yeah. fat. But I can't talk about anything that I'm not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. That's so, so interesting. Yeah, that yeah. is really interesting. I'm very personal. I'm very, very personal I will never forget when Bobby, I'm not going to say his last name, but like in high school, I was roller skating and it was very tough for well, me. When were you like, high school in the 70s? No, maybe it was middle school. And he was like, fat girl, fat girl, what you going to do when she comes for you? And to this day, I still remember that. So you, well, you were fat in high school? Oh, yeah. Because no, middle school, I was. You really look blush. very thin now. Well, it was like, it's fine. It's like, and I, this isn't like cute Jewish girl. I was fat. Like it was like, I, I feel like I have a decent personality because, like, because of. That's actually an amazing. Well, you're very, line. you're very of, thin like, now. Uh, he just goes, I feel like I have a decent personality because of middle school and Bobby. <laughs> so thank you, Bobby. But but right. so I, I appreciate your ethical line that you're crossing. I don't know. I mean, I it, that's just the way I've always yeah, done comedy. Cross. 
Yeah, I, it's all yeah, about I, I me. Don't, I don't Super judge others that do jokes about this, that, or the other thing. I personally yeah. have certain things that I don't, that I wouldn't joke about. But you know, but you don't I get super jo- personal. I wouldn't joke about a midget because it's been over, mostly because it's overdone and because. But if you sound not, because those may I ask you something? You're talking about uh, language. Yeah. And we midget's are here probably now, not even a nice word. But anymore. you're not allowed to. Uh, you shouldn't well, say midget. Well, a little person. A little you? person. Well, whatever. I, a little person. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. You started correcting me, and I have to. Uh, you don't well, say midget. Well, as I midget. said, I asked if you wish no, to be sorry. corrected. No, no. And if you don't wish to be corrected, that's perfectly fine. No, no, no. Fine. I was. I was just. Uh, that's something I learned. That you're you right, should Oliver. See. You should not be well, saying Oliver, midget. Oliver, you're correct. Dwarf, that is yeah. Dwarfism. Dwarf or little person. Right. And I would. Dwarf. I don't have. Dwar- dwarfism is. No, you a, is can't say dwarf. No, you're, it's dwarfism is a scientific twer- term. I'm it's very dwarfism. sure that it's. You're allowed no, to say dwarf. dwarf is fine, Oliver. I say dwarf. Oliver, the dwarf is okay. But um, listen, yeah. I'm okay with anything. A little person is different than dwarfism, right? The point uh, is the M word. That's a good question. What is, is M? No midget is is off the table. No. It's not considered polite. Do that's you know? Not. So Oliver that, is correct about that. Do you know <laughs> that Freddie Mercury had a party in Ibiza where he hired, I think, about thirty. Well, now we'll say little people and had them painted gold, and they were walking around with trays of cocaine. Great. For one of his parties? Ah, uh, no, but this is fantastic. And we thought the cellar party was good the other night. Well, oh, by the way, I want to talk about that briefly. <laughs> the comedy cellar had a party. I forgot about it. I was going to bring that up, uh, Periel. I appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah. The, well, comedy, yeah. the comedy cellar had a holiday party yeah. the other night on Monday. Now it's February. The oh, holidays what holiday? Are- oh, for exactly. President's Day? No, no. <laughs> because for some reason they don't want to have a holiday party at holiday time in December for whatever reason. Well, it gets it's busy. It's, it's very busy. busy now. It's busy time. Yeah. yeah. So they have a holiday party every year in February. Where were you? I was looking I for forgot, you. I forgot. I forgot about it. Liz mm-hmm. texted me to come, and I said, "Sure, yeah, I'll be there." And I forgot about it. But would I have forgotten about it if it were in December? Probably not, because I'm in a Christmas mood in December. Are what's you? A, what's yes. Like a Are you in a Christmas a mood of, like, in December? Huh? What's up? I was just say like first of all, you answer that question, then I'll ask my follow up. Yeah, what was your question? Bear? I mean, I just don't really feel like I remember you being like in a Christmas mood in December. <laughs> well, I am, and if you saw me at a holiday party in December, you would have seen it uh, more clearly. But I mean, I feel like I saw you like at least once a week the point, in December. The point is, I no, I don't believe in holiday parties. But that are not at holiday time. Uh-huh. I've said this before on the show, no, so like forgive it. me for beating this dead horse. Okay. But every February or January when they have a holiday party, I right. bring this up. Holiday parties are meant for holiday time. I call it not a holiday party. I call What's it a party. I call it an annual party, an annual staff party. And we're part of the. I mean, well, I call it a staff party. Yeah. Don't con an me. Annual. But February is a tough month if you have seasonal affective disorder um, and one of every five people do. Like, it's like there's no sun. It's really cold. You're not in the holiday season. So it's kind of cool to throw a party I appreciate it. I appreciate it now. My follow-up was going to be like, what is a holiday party with a bunch of comedians like? Are you guys, like, funny when you're... Drunk, like, I was, you, I you hang out with I danced for six hours straight. It was insane. Straight. Yeah. You, I mean, what do you guys do? Like, I you danced. hang out who's with us. Who's the you most? Hung out, you've hung out with us yeah. in that context. <laughs> I guess I so have. you tell us. I got trashed and I danced for six hours straight. What, what was the song? What was like uh, I, well, I was yelling at the DJ and then they told me to stop yelling at him because I huh. only danced to disco. <laughs> only disco. <clears throat> 
That's what I'll only dance in mm. disco in 80s. And I've 80s. never seen that much food in my life. Yeah. But not from the chef, right? Was this no, before he got fired? I well, no, no one would, would have ordered <laughs> out from somewhere. But uh, there okay. was a they set up a tattoo parlor in the middle of. Um, yeah. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Who that? Is, I gotta say that is pretty ballsy to like set up a tattoo. I mean, people were real tattoos. Like, but they didn't like, do they numbers, booked. did they? Oh, well. they were booked. They were booked. <laughs> nice callback. But oh uh, no, but they were they were booked. They, they yeah, like, yeah, it was at one it was point. Insane. You're like, can I get a tattoo? And like, no, we don't have any room. We have like. 30 people online is waiting to get tattoos. Is the whole thing you're not, you're supposed to not, I guess that's a stupid question for me to ask. Like, what? Like yeah. you're not, like a tattoo, or isn't, aren't there like rules that they're not supposed to come in and do it when people are very drunk and stuff? I mean, oh. it's such a... I don't know. Well, is that might be an ethical quandary. Hmm. It, anyway. Has anyone, has anyone uh, on the table got a tattoo? I do I'm not. I'm tattoo free. I, I, I don't, don't think we're at a, free, a fully tattoo free table. I'm, 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 I'm Jewy like that. I With won't Lori, get a no tattoo. No, I, no. I would have done a tattoo, but there was nothing in my life where I thought I want to keep this all my life on my... Uh, yeah. There's one thing. I've got this favorite band from Norway. They're called Motorcycle. Like they named themselves from the Russ Meyer film. Mm. After the Russ Meyer film, sorry. And uh, I think four would be okay in that context. Okay. Thank you. And, Prepositions, uh, by the way, are notoriously difficult in a foreign language. And they have uh, this so. really shitty tribal, but it's like this band means so much for me. I was thinking about doing that tribal uh, over my shoulders, but then somehow I never know. Just to follow up on the preposition point that I was making. <laughs> you know, you're in, you're in a car, but you're on a bus. Interesting. You know, go figure. Um... <laughs> So, so, so that can be tricky. But there's no tattoos at this table. I don't have Not yet. Carol's uh, uh, <laughs> waving to somebody. Um, anyway, I believe just to... What's the matter, Dan? Do you have to go? No, I'm fine. Um, I believe holiday parties should be at holiday time when everybody's in the Christmas mood and when we can sing Christmas songs. You always sing. Yeah, but I don't sing Christmas songs unless it's Christmas time. But I, I, I started because I love also this mood of Christmas because I never had it. Mm. Um, I started. They don't have Christmas in Germany. No, I'm the Jewish. The Tannenbaum. Yeah, yeah, they have it, but we never well, had the Tannenbaum in the in the. We never had it. You know, it's like in our flat, there was no Christmas tree. No, but you tree. can enjoy it when you go outside. Shopping or when you go to wherever. I tell you, in Germany, I was the only Jew living in that city. Yeah, is that As true? You were the only yes. Jew. And uh, yeah, my parents. Yeah, but right. it's a but I village. tell you. The the Christmas and the, you have the twenty fourth of uh, December. You have the celebration in Germany. This was the most horrible day of the year for me because I was fucking bored. I couldn't meet any one of my friends. No one was there. I couldn't call anyone. Disturb. I was just sitting there playing with my Hanukkah gifts, <laughs> and it was just fucking boring. Mm. Am I allowed to say fucking? Yeah, no. This, yeah. Is, this is this is this uh, is not. Uh, Terrestrial radio, you can say anything you want. Okay, yeah. just spelling should be right, but I can't uh, insult people. Well, <laughs> I, I, the spelling I, is right. Well, the, the uh, if you don't say since, I, I, I've been doing it since. I mean, you can say it, but it's you just can not curse. Correct. He just has a problem with your grammar. Okay, I don't right. even have a problem with his grammar. I'm trying to help the man. Yes, yes. May I contact you after this if I have problems? If you'd like, or you could just okay, you I know will. just get grammarly.com, which is getting back to Lori Siegel. She's a tech person, by the way. She writes about tech, but I, Lori, getting back to that, I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. if you had any. I just saw for the first time the Social Network. I'd never seen it. Uh -huh. I know it's a ten-year-old movie. I never oh saw yeah, it. 
but um, about Facebook, right? I know it's about Facebook. Right. Yeah. Gonna, with the twins. But with the oh, twins. Oh yeah. First those of all, guys. did you think the twins have uh, really were owed anything? Other than yeah. the fact that Zuckerberg was kind of an asshole to them, do you um, think? I mean, they told him, "Oh, we have an idea. We want to have a social network that takes place at Harvard." Is that enough so, I don't think to so. deserve a hundred million dollars? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I think especially because social networks were already in existence. Because he did all the, the work. He yeah, did all I think the work. it's like it's also um, these founding stories are really interesting, and like it wouldn't, it, pr- it probably wouldn't have been anything. I, I think like without everything that Zuckerberg did. Um, I know the Winkle Vies, the Winkle Vi twins, and I, I've asked Zuckerberg about it. It's actually really fun. It's something that's like an interesting tidbit. Um, Good, we like tidbits. Where are so those guys now? They're on they, Raya. They're they're doing Bitcoin. They are on Raya. I think one of them oh is God. actually. Um, uh, Not together, I'm assuming. No, um, Cameron. So they are doing Bitcoin. They're very into Bitcoin. They've done very well, I think, at the Bitcoin realm. Um, it's Tyler and Cameron. And uh, they settled a lawsuit with Facebook. And, and actually, what's really interesting, so I interviewed Mark Zuckerberg about, and, and, and I actually asked him about the social network. Um, and something you'll hear, because I did this for the documentary I did, something you'll hear consistently when you ask people in the Facebook, inner Facebook thing, like what's like something that really bothers a lot of people at Facebook. One of the things, like there have been so many privacy disasters, like a lot of things, the ups and downs a company's gone through and becoming like the huge company it is today. But something you consistently hear that bothered people at Facebook was the social network and the characterization of, of Zuckerberg and what happened. Um, and it's still, I think to this day, like I've spoken to Randy, who is Mark's sister, Mark, like people are very upset by the characterization of how, how people were characterized. Like how, well, how they were so you're saying it was not accurate, how it was portrayed, how, because the way it was in the movie is the Winklevoss, they said we had this idea and Zuckerberg was like, oh, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm down, like, I'll, I'll work with you. By the way, it, it's and anybody, ha- anyone can have, um, an idea is an idea. And, and I'll tell you this from having covered tech for 10 years, right? Sure. Like. An idea is an idea and it's right. important, but that is only the first thing. Like, you know, someone can have like an idea for a joke, right? Like, but it takes like execution, resilience, insanity, timing, yeah. everything to make a good. And, and people have asked me, well, what makes a good startup founder? Because I've seen like, you know, the founders of Instagram, Uber, all these people succeed. And, and more than that, like people fail. And it really isn't about being the smartest person in the room, about having an idea. It's like being a, the most resilient. And, and something Zuckerberg did that um, I don't know if like people understand is like you think about Instagram. He bought Instagram during the quiet period when the company was going public, um, where you're not supposed to do anything. He went out and for a billion dollars, and everyone, by the way, a billion dollars is nothing now to buy a company. He bought WhatsApp for $22 billion. Jesus everyone Christ. thought So everyone thought Zuckerberg was crazy. And he, that ended up being like the best thing in the world the company could have done because now you look at Instagram, it's like one of the most popular things for Facebook when you think about the future of Facebook. So there are so many times people thought Zuckerberg was insane when he turned down an offer uh, from Yahoo. He had, Yahoo wanted to buy the company for like, I'm forgetting how much, but like a, an insane amount. And he said, no, he had employees leave the company. So a lot of people um, he's don't, got a lot of don't, money. Huh? Well, don't remember he's got a lot of money. Don't don't remember the foresight um, that some of these people have that at the time seems like insanity. And so you know you've got to be if you want to be a good founder, be willing to be I think unpopular and have foresight to, to a degree, and also have an insane amount of resilience. Um, so was it? Do I think like um, 
he was probably, and we have we have like the conversations at Zuckerberg where he's calling them. I'm going to take the idea. This say all this stuff. Like, sure. Like, was do I think he was pro- he behaved poorly and was probably a, a you know not great in that situation? I'm sure he wasn't. You know, but could they have done what he did? I I you know I think knowing so much about the company now, I don't think they they could have. You know, um, but they still got a payout. How long you know? do you think Facebook will exist in its current form? Is it any? Is it is it possible to take Facebook down at this point? Well, because well, remember MySpace? It that, came and went. Right, it came because and went. So maybe there'll be something. You don't know. But we the don't thing know. about right. Facebook is this. If I want to become the number one automaker, mm-hmm. I can create the greatest car, and people will buy that car. But if I create the greatest social network, I need to have everybody on that social network already that's what makes it great, the fact that everybody's already there. So even if it's functionally better, if I create a functionally better social network, but if nobody's on it, then by definition, it sucks. Yeah, so but- how do you take down a Colossus at this point, because Facebook's bigger than MySpace ever was, is it possible to take it down with a, with a similar product? Well, I also think you got to remember that Facebook isn't face- just Facebook anymore. Facebook is WhatsApp. Well, but I'm, I'm talking about Facebook well, classic. Well, I, I don't about, know if Facebook Classic will exist in 10, 20 years yeah, from I now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even exist anymore. I think we have this idea that Facebook is this, like, natural place to be. But as we've learned in the past several years, it's quite sinister. And and Mark, I well, think... forget about sinister. It's no, but even, you can't forget about sinister. People, it's got a billions of people on but it. But it doesn't matter. No, but I, even Zuckerberg has said that the future is private, is privacy. So so if you look, he does these New Year's resolutions every year, and he'll, like, post them on Facebook. And this year, he does it. He didn't do it. He decided, okay, like, in the 30, in, like, 2030, this is what Facebook's going to look like. And he said the future's going to be privacy. So even Zuckerberg is saying, like basically saying it's not going to just be Facebook. It's going to be more private networks, probably within Facebook. It'll be, I think the future will be augmented reality, will be WhatsApp, will be Instagram, will be all these different things. Oliver, you say what? No, I I think Facebook is dead. It's like Detroit. Everyone has moved away. But it's not dead. That's, that's the... I think so. It's more like old people, uh, all the people... Facebook is on... I mean, we on Instagram the whole time. We communicate now. Instagram uh, is... Facebook owns Instagram. I know, I know, I know, but it's still... Facebook is uncool. Yes, but you know what else is uncool? Not liking Facebook. The the, the, the telephone is uncool. Once something becomes uncool, it becomes like the standard. You know, I mean, like right now, I know when I I don't post anymore on Facebook. I I just, I used to, and I, you know, Facebook is. I use it. Instagram to me. Forty and up, by the way. Instagram. But forty and up. But also, if you're twenty, twenty-five, no one's going on Facebook. But also, maybe not, but also Facebook to me is where you can have real conversations and debates. Whereas Instagram, nobody has debates on Instagram. You can't have Insta- conversation and debates in the internet. I think you should have them like here. Ideally, on a table yes. But, because but there's so many fucked up people. When was the last time you went on Instagram and actually learned something? There was no. Nobody puts articles on Instagram. Nobody has discussions on Instagram. Instagram is, I'm feeling really cute today, and I wanted to show you. No, no, Love no. this dress. 
Okay, well, whatever. But, but no, no, no. That no kind but of but stuff. you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm, I'm Nobody's saying. Hey, uh, yeah, it's easy I'm and sorry. breezy. It's I'm, easy breezy. Yeah, it's in, a, in a way, but I'm friends with, for example, uh, the New Yorker, yeah, the magazine, yeah, on Instagram. So they posted a few days ago an article. I'm sorry to say that about Louis, yeah, like one week ago. And then I saw it on Instagram. I clicked on the link. And I was reading it. And oh. the good thing, what I like about Instagram, I don't have to discuss with idiots, you know. I just read it myself and maybe I talk with friends who also read it. But I don't want to discuss on inter Instagram. That's horrible. Or on Facebook. Or you Twitter. enjoy that? Like, what Twitter is this? Twitter and Facebook. Well, and right. This is like insulting at the end and, and like with... I do enjoy it, but I like okay. to beat my head against the wall. Because okay. I will often have discussions, and I, I never convince anybody of anything. People I, are nobody convinces but, anything of yeah, anything on Facebook. That's ridiculous. I know you don't actually think that you're changing <laughs> no, people's minds. No, but I enjoy that. I enjoy scrapping. I'm a scrapper. I enjoy uh, scrapping. But people are like having scrapping, those conversations and those like, arguments you know, on Twitter. Yeah, I like that, that's, that's, oh, yeah. enjoy that. You're you're just where it's. I mean, that's where it's happening. It's on Twitter. Twitter also. Yeah, Twitter also. I enjoy. You, but, is but that what you do? You spend your days. I don't spend the whole day. Your, is that what you spend your days arguing with people no, on social media? No, but I media? spend some amount of time. Okay, can you give me some advice? In between advice? Tinder swiping. Like, what's 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 <laughs> what, how much time? How many hours do you spend a day Depends arguing? On the day today, I wasn't feeling well, so I was at home the whole day. Yeah, and on Twitter. I was on Twitter a little bit. Um, really? Are you on Twitter? I don't post a lot, but I like will enter keywords. So I'll say like. Bloomberg racism, just to see what people are saying about Bloomberg and racism, or Bloomberg stop and frisk, just to see people's opinions and get articles on that issue, because that's a big issue now, because Bloomberg is, tonight I believe is a debate, by the way. You've jumped on a lot of my posts. Uh, and I jump on your post. I just worry, not like, the silly ones, but the real legitimate the, the, ones. Yeah, the, I well, post. What does he do? Is he antagonistic? Uh, yeah, he is. He's a troublemaker, but I, I, I let it go because I love Dan. So I'm like, well, all right. Lori had something yeah. to interject. No, I did. I just worry what? what's getting lost a little bit. Like, what's getting lost? Well, and the time I started coming to these companies, I like look at like first of all, what is the algorithm optimizing on Facebook to show you, right? And like, what things are you seeing? Um, and, you know, and what are you commenting on and what bubble are you living? I think that's like a larger question we have to ask as society. And like and they tweak the algorithm every so often. And I think we have to talk. We have to, you know, be careful. So about ridiculous. That. You know, and I think there's a lot of trust for putting these tech companies and they don't even they're trying to figure out the answers. Like I, re I remember, you know, even being at Facebook and saying uh, to Zuckerberg, like, are you the editor in chief now? Like because they're deciding what posts are staying up, what are going down now. They're trying to they have a whole process by which to do that. But like, why did they let all of that horrible shit happen? Like, why did they like, let like all of those like Russian bots? I look, and the I, whole... think that, I think there is a lot. I think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that went into that that they missed. Like, um, was that just I, like a straight business decision where they just like, sure, we're going to take the money. And no, who I was it? Somebody it, did a TED Talk about how I don't know what if the Nazis were... So oh, it was Sasha Baron Cohen. Excuse yeah. me. Don't oh. be rude. It was Sasha Baron Cohen did. It wasn't a TED Talk. He did a really sort of moving yeah. speech he about... Yeah, it was like Charlie Chaplin, the and, dictator. That and, yeah, it was. Like and, he's, and, he's, and he's wrong, in my opinion. Well, it's not for Zuckerberg to decide totally. what should go on well, let the and what should not. She, she's not an expert in that. She's an expert in... She's not an expert in, in, in whether free speech 
is she's not a First Amendment lawyer. Well, well I don't think well, you I, have to be a First yeah, Amendment but, but lawyer. I will, but I will say, I think that the, the problem of social media and free speech, I've interviewed Zuckerberg and I've looked at the, the issue closely and I think like, and, and I think it's much more nuanced. I think you're right. Like, I, I think what he said was interesting, but it is complicated. And I think we have to, it, it's easy to weigh in on it, but we have to, and this is for tech companies and for us well, as like I'm, people, I'm interested like, in what you think as you know, a tech I think, person. I think we have to like, we have to figure out what we're willing to give up too. And like what we're willing to accept as a society. Like, what do we want our tech companies to do, right? Like, do we really want them patrolling? Like, what we're gonna say and, and to what extent. And I, and I actually think, so So a good example, I mean, not to get too in the weeds, is like political ads, right? A lot of people are saying about these companies, like, oh, we should ban, they need to be banning political ads, right? Facebook needs to ban political ads because a lot of these political ads are blatantly false and they're spreading and this is spreading disinformation and it's horrible. Well, if Facebook bans political ads, a lot of things are going to happen and it's going to make it easier. And so if the argument is from one side is that it's going to make it easier on the incumbents. And then I think you also have to, I think, have a more nuanced argument, which is it's not just about banning political ads. It's about micro-targeting. Like this is actually me getting very in the weeds on it. But it's not really the issue isn't just about political ads. It's about the fact that these political ads are being micro-targeted to certain people. Yeah. And certain people isn't are that like seeing super things. sinister? So, so maybe, so maybe, we need, but so maybe we need to have a conversation. But people have to understand it better. And Facebook needs to do a better job of talking about it. And we have to do a better job of listening about right. it. But like... You know, it's more about like, can't should you be able to micro-target? Is the same thing like it's okay if we micro-target you for deodorant for advertising, right? To say like, oh, like this kind of population might be the best kind of micro-targeted population for this. But when it comes to democracy, like, should we be micro-targeting to this degree, to this extent? And maybe there should be a limit here. And I think that's actually a debate people should be having. Yeah, I agree with but you. But my whole thing, and this is what I was talking about with creating dot dot dot, is like some of these conversations get so just like black and white and good and bad and the tech companies don't make it easier on themselves because sometimes they go into their corners and they do things in, in certain ways and then I don't think especially soundbite culture Twitter Facebook doesn't make it easier to have these debates especially now that these are multi-billion dollar companies so you know there, I think there's a lot of nuance that goes missing uh, when it comes to these ethical questions but the question of free speech is, is a big one and I think we actually have to figure out what we're willing to accept because there are trade-offs so what are you saying you think it's fine I not, I, I think that people should be able to. But it's that not Zuckerberg people. Should not but it's be, not people. Zuckerberg should not be deciding what is appropriate and not appropriate uh, politically. Politically, anyway, I'm to say on Facebook. Uh, I think it should just be a free kind of a, an environment, and uh, let the let the caveat emptor, let the uh, consumer. Um. Beware. Well, do you think one, that if oh. sorry? Do you think that if they're going to do that though, that it should be more transparent? Because that's the part that I sort of take more issue with. Is that like it doesn't seem that transparent to me? So it seems very manipulative. I'm not sure what you're getting at. I, well, I think probably what you're saying is that a lot of these policies need better explanations. You need to explain yeah. why something is happening and why something isn't happening in, in certain I don't ways. No, I haven't experienced that. And you know what? My home feed, I pretty much have. I'm going to say a 50-50 Republican-Democrat mm -hmm. home feed. I have, uh, out of, let's say, 1,000 a, a friends, 500-500 are Democrat and 500 are... are, are so I, I don't think... And, and, so, and I and I talk, So I don't... I'm not getting one-sided anything, I don't think. I get a lot of everything. So I don't, I don't know. Is I think it, we need to teach people... Also? I think we need to teach people... Yes. We need it's, to teach people 
to be logical and not stupid. We need but, to smack but, people but in the head and say, don't, create, believe, but we create don't believe everything you read. Don't we create our own algorithms? Don't we create yeah, them? Yeah, but whenever you see something so, on... Whenever, whenever we're you, to blame. Blame, whenever blame you yourself. Read, whenever no, you no, read no, no, on no, Facebook, no, no. But another, you have to learn how to cross-reference Google and, and, and not believe everything you read and have an open mind and be logical. Don't be a dummy. Yeah, yeah but, well, but that is a, the general problem, problem education, but there's one point you didn't talk about. As you said, uh, WhatsApp is Facebook is Instagram. What I realized, for example, if I write on Instagram with a friend, yeah, I wrote like, hey, let's go to Asia. My dream is I want to ride on an elephant, yeah? So I just wrote this in a private uh, WhatsApp chat. So not even half an hour yeah. later, on Instagram, Facebook, seven days, I get advertisements Riding, riding on an elephant yeah. in Thailand. That just and happened to me today. Well, that's a privacy yeah. issue. They're now they're they're they're, yeah, they're, they're looking at your private message. You'll notice it everywhere now. Well, you, they're looking at your private messages, and now that becomes a privacy issue. And I I haven't noticed that. Oh really? But in, in terms of my instant, you being serious you're saying about instant this? messages. Yeah, for ex no, no, and also or just posts. No, Public posts are private. No, it's, it's, it's really private. It's not, I don't, it's I don't, not I, private. You know, I don't... Yeah, it's not. It's you not think private. it's private. Yeah, it's not. It's just because it's uh, said... It's, yeah. It looks it's like it's private. It's deceptive. Well, That's exactly. what I'm it's saying. It's misleading. WhatsApp. That's and, a sinister and thing. And what happened well, is... Well, then, uh, you, there should be a way to opt out of, of that. Yeah, but... But, but the, what do you think? It's free, right? So, like, you're giving away your information. We should not be using it. That's right. We should use different sites. We shouldn't use Facebook. We should use a site that is secure, where you where you know That's this right. is not That's selling right. your information about Or you. But you have that always. Like if I would look up now uh, uh, a head from Carhartt or something on on some page. That's right. Suddenly you get for one week. Hey, But, okay. this, can I ask you a question? Or like yeah, maybe yeah. just accept Sorry. the like privacy. Or like, Oliver, know, were you able like to find a good ride on elephant? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like or maybe like just I, accept no, it. Maybe it's I, I decided awesome. at the end uh, to, to ride on myself. Thrilled. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't like, I don't like it. They're looking at instant messages. If I Google no. something, of course they are. And the algorithm <laughs> it gives me. Uh, ads for that. I don't mind it as much as if I'm on an instant message with somebody saying I'd like to go to Thailand on an instant message, mind you. Yeah, of course. And then I'm getting ads for Thailand. Okay, I'm glad I, I didn't write in the chat, hey, I like little boys from Thailand and suddenly you get like weird stuff and the police is coming to you. Well, I only wrote on about podcast. elephants. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, it's an illusion of All right, privacy. Well, it's true. I think it's a really important point. Well, what's well, not an illusion if 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 you're seeing ads two seconds later, then it's pretty obvious that you're it's not private. I haven't noticed that with instant messages. I'm not, I'm not a very private person. Like I don't care about But privacy. Interesting. So I'm, I'm not a fan you know, either. I'm more. That's the thing. So I'm I, my you. my whole thing is like I I think these are super important questions. I think even even as important, if not more important, are also questions of like tech and mental health and how it's going to impact relationships. I was interviewing someone recently um, who's like a neuroscience brain hacker and I was like, he was telling me about how in the future he thinks we'll be able to order our dreams and how Neuralink technology will make our brains hackable like and, and all sorts of crazy stuff. And then the future of disinformation will be like, instead of see people being able to ma manipulate us on Facebook, they'll be able to change our thoughts. So crazy black mirror stuff. But then I said to him, what do you think is the most 
important, uh, the most ethical issue coming down the pipeline when it comes to the future of tech and humans. And he's like, I think the scariest thing is that like our future kids, when they grow up, they're not going to be in relationships or sleeping with each other, mm. anything like that. And like people well, aren't neither able, Danny Cohen. It, aren't able to like to touch anymore. I'm the future. But but I you know and and I actually think maybe like there there's something there where like I think there's you know I, I think with looking at issues like mental health and love and connection like I think tech has really disrupted some things in a in a pretty in a in a way that's that I think we're still trying to figure out. That's why Shabbat is really important. I know a lot of people who yeah, do Shabbat and right, really put their phone right. away. You're right. Yeah. You got to shut down once yeah. a week. Talk to people in front of you. Yeah. You're right. Well, Eat we're, that we're extra dessert. Is, we're addicted. We're not happier necessarily. We're just addicted. You should practice so, talking to someone like on the street, like just randomly saying things to people. Well, why would like, I do that for? I don't know. I think it's good practice. But you know what the next level like, is? You talk about being socially awkward. I feel like it's a good practice. You know, you know what the next level is of that advertisement thing I was just talking about? That they're going to, what they want to do now is that you don't only see it in your feed on Facebook. They're going to cooperate with the digital advertising walls, which means if I would have looked for an elephant ride, I would maybe walk in a station somewhere where they have digital advertisements and they will show me the advertisement that suits to me what I was looking for I when mean, I'm standing there. And they're going to follow your phone? Yes. Thing to me, and they're going to show know? this to you. So in a way they're going to manipulate you with if your you, stuff if you're carrying your because phone. you're not yes because you don't think about it and then you see it again and I, again so i remember during the cambridge analytica scandal i remember the thing going off of that that i thought was like the biggest thing that kind of went missing the question was like when does micro targeting and trying to target you turn into manipulation and i think that'll well, be that, a big you could question. ask that same question with ads in general yeah an ad for lace potato chips it, it is manipulating even an old-fashioned ad on the tv and in the middle of the super bowl you're trying to manipulate me into eating those lace potato chips so advertising is by nature manipulative. At what point does it cross some sort of line? Um, I don't know. Um, There's a question I, I think it's been around for a long time. When I did um, I did a piece on Ashley Madison, the cheating yeah, 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 yeah. I was like obsessed with, yeah, with Ashley Madison. Yeah, that's fascinating. Super fascinating. So do you know Ashley Madison was this, um, and it, it still exists, but I think they changed the name. It was like a website people could go so to. That you to could- go ahead. No, no, no go ahead, like go You ahead. might be able to describe because I'm like no, in no. it. Yeah, basically, you could go cheat on your wife. Really? Yeah. Well, that was the idea, but it was a it was a dating site for cheaters. Yeah, and and so, but it was it was more like you could that they sold it to you as like if you're unhappy, you could go like anonymously get on there and like find other people, and it was like a safe space for people to kind of find each other and and cheat together, whatever, or find someone else. Um, and so it was sold as like the secret anonymous place, and so it got hacked. Um, Which is amazing. It was it was fascinating. So these vigilante hackers. Um, God, I'm forgetting. And exposed everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposed everyone. But I was really interested in it because it was almost like this modern-day scarlet letter. Like, I remember sitting in the CNN newsroom and having people come up to me and being like, whispering, like, is so-and-so on the list? Can you check and see if so-and-so was on the list? And it was really this, like, fascinating Like, everybody's personal information came out. Yeah, like, it was like, oh, my God, was so-and-so looking to cheat? It was like Heidi Fleiss's little black book. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like, you know their, their favorite positions, what they want, their fetishes. Like That's kind of crazy. With ones and zeros of like code it was fascinating, and 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 also really kind of sad too. And just this way of like there was just this like we were all looking and seeing, and it was like and wanting to, and and so I, I was digging into it for um, a documentary I did on it, and and something they did, something Ashley Madison, the people who started Ashley Madison were very smart, 
And they they took they went to uh, researchers like very like very good researchers. I think it was like MIT or one of these places. And they looked at when people cheat, um, and they did a bunch of research on when people cheat, and they decided to do targeted advertising towards them. And they found that I think like men on Sundays or something after they go to church are more likely to cheat on their wives. That's my favorite so thing I've ever heard. And so at certain hours of the day, they would send over like send Ashley Madison like ads to people on Sundays wow. so they targeted that makes a lot of sense. So church your, makes them horny and uh. it, well like it's like once you confess you're good like I, and, but the, it was psycho it's like all manipulate it's like all like okay we as human beings like are certain more susceptible at certain times certain moments and so it's really interesting to watch them so the same way they would target you for like cereal they target you to get you in a weaker sure. moment to yeah. cheat. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And that's like that real ethical of like, uh, is this okay? Like, I don't Definitely not okay. I know. I know. Anyway, so yeah. I always well, ask this. I like I said, all advertising, I all advertising seeks to manipulate. So why? Yeah, no, you're right about so, that. So why is that crossing a line? Right. I love getting and, manipulated, but and, not, I mean, not How do you manipulated. like getting manipulated? <laughs> well, not, <laughs> I don't <laughs> love getting manipulated. What I mean to say is. I, 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 I really, I think it's amazing if you can manipulate somebody else. That but if idea, you know a little bit more about psychology brain. than somebody right. else, you can manipulate them. I mean, the fact is, is that most people aren't particularly bright. No, but then you're being conned. I don't really love manipulating. <laughs> and look, guys, we have to uh, wrap this up. Uh, thank you, Lori Siegel, thank who you, you can uh, find uh, where on, uh, on her podcast, uh, which first is contact. Called, first contact mm-hmm. wherever podcasts are available. Mm-hmm. Danny, Danny Cohen. Instagram, I don't know. Danny Cohen comedy. And, and Oliver Pollack. Um, are your, do you, can I watch you in German subtitled? What's your Instagram? Yeah, do it. Um, Oliver Pollack official. O L I V E R P O L A K. Yeah. Official. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, if you want to watch something in English, I just lo- uploaded. Sorry. Uploaded. Yes, uploaded. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, I was going to say loaded up. So I was like, you looked at me and I was like, wow. Uh, uploaded a clip, uh, my first performance at Caroline's, like six minute clip. But do you have English. any subtitled uh, German clips that are no. subtitled? No, no, no. no. Okay. Not so yet. You can't do that. So, but if you do speak German, if you're one of our numerous yeah. Germanophone listeners, yeah. then you can watch that. Yeah, sehr gerne. Uh, ich freue mich sehr, wenn du am 20. Mai mit Louis C.K. dann nach Berlin zu uns kommst und ich kann dir dann Berlin zeigen und ich würde mich sehr freuen, weil ich glaube, wir würden uns sehr gut auf jeden Fall verstehen. And I would just like to say a happy strudel to you as well. <laughs> and you can follow us at Live from the Table on Instagram. That is and correct. You can and email, email us. Uh, suggestions, comments, and criticisms. And we love at, to hear from you guys. At, uh, Comedy Cellar at, at podcast at comedyseller.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye.